You're listening to Zeros on Heroes with Mike Mercadal and Will Watkins. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Zeros on Heroes. I'm Mike Mercadal, and with me, as always, is... Will Watkins! Will Watkins! Hey! hey. Uh, thank you guys for listening, and uh, thank you guys for... Uh, sharing and uh, subscribing and letting everybody know about this uh, wonderful podcast, Zeros on Heroes. See, I'm saying that in the positive, in the future tense, so that they will feel guilty if they don't. That's the art of the deal. The art of the deal. Art of the deal. Why don't we do Donald Trump as a hero? Because... Because <laughs> he's that! Hey! Because we would we would have to get someone on who actually thinks Donald Trump is a hero. Oh, i got to get Tim Dillon or somebody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so introducing our special guest, uh, with us, he's a comedian here in New York City, uh, uh, very funny and uh, delightful as his own podcast, uh, which we'll get to. Ladies and gentlemen, Will Carey is here. Hey, thanks for, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, that's what, uh, Will Carey sounds like. And, uh, you, yeah, what's your podcast called? My podcast is called Between Awesome and Disaster. Right. And, uh, Will's been on it, and, uh, yeah, it talk, yeah, 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 and basically you just talk about... Uh, two times. What? The... Yeah, I like to. I usually, I like to talk about a, a point in someone's life where they had uh, a lot of personal adversity and how they got through that. Because the n- name of the podcast comes from that's what I decided life is. It's just a series of moments that are between awesome and disaster. Fair enough. I mean, there's sometimes where it's both. Where oh yeah. You're on the brink. It could like. There's so many times it goes either way. Yeah, sometimes the most awesome things are truly disastrous and vice versa. Especially if you're uh, like comics on stage where I've been on stage where I'm like, oh, this is going to be the worst. And then you do something to pull it out. Or the other way around where you get up and you're like, oh, this is going to be great. And then you and then fat all dick. Just, you, you <laughs> just, it just all goes to shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's an interesting podcast. It's really fun. It's, and uh, I like, see, our podcast is pretty specific in terms of theme where you yeah. talk about a hero. But I like that yours is about. Is, I like it. I hate when it's just a general. We're you know. Yeah, blah, like blah, when blah, it's blah. when it's like too vague. Where it's like, oh, we're just gonna go up there and and, and riff, right. or just talk about whatever. And it's like that. I like to have some sort of a, dir- a direction, yeah. or like some things that I'm I'm curious about with the person that I'm interviewing. Or yeah, like it has to have. I feel like there should be a point. You know, even when in my like yes. in the other podcast I do that, there's. A lot of vagary and, and wandering and meandering. Vagary. Yeah, vagary. That's good. It's a good word. Uh, yeah. Is that a real word? Or did you make yeah, it it's, up? A, it's a real word. Oh, wow. I'm actually, uh, I got a, some words in there. So every, uh, I, every once in a while I'll hear a word that sticks, like confluescent. Like it's it's uh, uh, confluescence. What's a good like word? Love, uh, antediluvian. You can never use that, though. What's antediluvian? It means mean? before the flood. Anti oh before Noah like the Noah flood yeah you just say like antediluvian like yeah it could be like uh, the flood of Katrina whatever during the antediluvian the levees were fine but it's like you can never use that word that in conversation be, yeah that, but, but it's a great word antediluvian yeah if you tried to use that but if you tried to use that in a press conference people would be like did you mean before the flood yeah <laughs> that sounds almost there's there's a danger when you say words like vagary or whatever that you might sound too pretentious like. There's, you go from smart to pretentious real quick. Oh, yeah. Like, if you have too expansive of a, of a vocabulary, people just be like, oh, you think you're smart. Yeah. Like, yeah, you really, think you're smart. It's really interesting. It's like thing. whether you are or not. My favorite is the people who use words incorrectly, where they'll say <laughs> something, and then you just kind of let them roll, man. Just At that point, I, 
I'm, I hate being the well actually guy, yeah, but yeah. I do that sometimes mm-hmm. a lot. Uh, a lot. I do that Trials a lot. character type. Yeah, thing. yeah. I, <laughs> this is flatulent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The what are you insulting? <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah. So uh, let's get into the first segment of the show: hero news. Hero news. Now that's how he does it. And uh, Will, if you'd like to join in and jump, Will carry. Oh wait, there's two Wills here. Yeah. Oh um, man. All right. Are we gonna need to? Each have a fun nickname, like a morning drive time nickname. Because your last name, your last name Watkins is cool, just as to call someone that. But Carrie, I could, you know, I could be yeah. Carrie Bradshaw. Carrie Bradshaw. You should. You there's a. Uh, uh, have you ever gone by Willie? No. No. That's a rough one, right? Uh, no. When I was really young, I went by William, and then I didn't like that anymore. So, Will's a solid. Yeah, Will's. I found. I find yeah. Will just like really solid. Bill is two 1980s car salesmen. Well, who goes... Who, Bill's like, my dad. Oh. Yeah, that Are you a junior? Dad. I'm the third, actually. We're calling you Trey. That's your Trey. name. Okay, I'll take Trey. Will Trey. <laughs> All right, Watkins, I'll take Trey. <laughs> yeah. That'll work. Um, so, uh, Will Trey, uh, do you... Uh, he did the Hero News where you say, how would you introduce our Hero News segment? You can do what he did or do your own thing. Well, I like the jock rock kind of aspect. I'd probably go for more of like a... Like an Eddie Vedder kind of hero news. Yeah, yeah. salad. Hero, you gotta add the ah at the end. Yeah, that James had the like, ah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, good. All right, we're talking about that'll come into play later. That we're talking about music. We'll, yeah, we'll go to perfect. the. What do we got for hero news? Will uh, my favorite bit of uh, news from uh, from the past week is uh, Marvel has done some legal uh, maneuvering. They got some loopholes. Do you know the whole thing about like they can't have a solo? Hulk, Hulk movie, movie, right? Because uh, if they do, it belongs to Universal as the rights to distribute a solo Hulk mm-hmm. movie. Uh, so what they're doing is uh, basically they're turning Thor three Ragnarok into Planet Hulk. That's what they. That's what it is. That's basically what it is. They said uh, it's going to be Jeff Goldblum. I don't know if you knew. Uh, yeah, he got it on. He has been added on as uh, 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 the Grandmaster. Yeah, which I'm so, not familiar with that character too. Oh, the Grandmaster in the in the comic books and then Marvel Universe is a guy who plucks heroes and villains throughout the universe. Oh yes, and then throws them all to a contest. The, yeah, yeah, know, yeah. The, the, the contest of champions. Contest the game, of champions. Uh, yeah, like a like the Champions League of, of superheroes. Yeah, so it's okay. like hero versus hero, villain versus villain, hero versus villain. He just mixes them all up, yeah. and they're just you know they're just pawns in his game. Literally. Like when you're playing with action figures and you make like. Uh, Donatello fight like a micro machine or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in the comic books, That's exactly right. In the comic <laughs> books, he's actually the brother of the collector, was played by Benicio del Toro. Del Toro, the collector likes to collect heroes and villains and just keep them as toy, you know, things he can hold on to in those do- and, in those tubes. Yeah, and the Grandmaster's like, I'm using these. I'm taking them out of the <laughs> right, vision. right, right. Oh, so it's it's the two nerds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's the two yeah, nerds. yeah. And the grandmaster is the one who wants to play with them. The only difference is that when he plays with them, people die. Right. So, That's, but is it? Oh, okay. Um. So, good. Jeff Goldblum is on. Is that? And they yeah. basically plucked Thor and Hulk. So that's why uh, I'm guessing this is why at the end of uh, Avengers: Age of Ultron, when they can't, they find the jet, but he's not in the jet. Oh. I'm guessing what happened was the uh, Grandmaster took him out of the jet and put him into his arena. So I think they're gonna try to turn that into like the the Planet Hulk storyline. They said that the Hulk is gonna have armor on one of his arms, which is his look for Planet Hulk. Right. They said at some point uh, Thor is gonna shave his head. He's gonna have a shaved head instead of the long Thoriel. That's good, I like that. So I'm guessing it's probably gonna be something along the lines of uh something happened, Thor needs to find 
a magical weapon, whatever. He gets involved with the Grandmaster. He ends up finding the Hulk in the thing. He has to fight the Hulk, probably. They come to terms and get out of their chains, and then they have to do whatever, fight Kate Blanchett at some point. They have to fight Clay. I would hope that it's actual Kate Blanchett. Like yeah, she's yeah. just on Earth, and then they just show up and we're like, "We're here to fuck you up, Clay- Kate Blanchett," and she's like, "Why?" She's like, "I was nominated for an Oscar." Yeah. <laughs> Do you follow the, those movies at all? Do you follow the whole MCU? I I, I follow I do follow the MCU. I haven't seen every single thing, and it's been a while since I've, I've seen uh, Avengers. I think, uh, but I'm generally uh, try to keep my ear to the ground. Yeah, sure. That. I mean. Yeah. Is Mark uh, Ruffalo? Yeah, he's still gonna, Mark Ruffalo okay. is going to be in it. He is, I think, the best Hulk of the th- three most recent cinematic Hulks. Yeah. I would say that. I personally. I mean, I liked Edward Norton, too. Ed but... Norton, I thought, got uh, got a raw deal, because yeah. I still have my issues with the end of that the, mm-hmm. the, that movie. But um, Ed Norton got a raw deal because of the back stay behind the scenes yeah. stuff. Yeah. And right. then Mark Ruffalo got all of the meatiness. Like, he came in... He came in at two Avengers. Right, yeah. he came in at the best yeah. part. With he the, got that is the best. He's it's very good. Fortunate timing. But. Yeah, he's very good, but also super lucky. You know, what I mean, what yeah. a what a what a what a get. You know, the good thing Absolutely. is uh, Edward Norton and Mark Ruffalo are actually friends. Yeah. So Edward Norton was like, "Yeah, I give him a blessing. Yeah, have fun with the buddy. We're good." Yeah, but uh, also uh, in relation to DC news. Uh, Jeremy Irons uh, came out and said, "Yeah, Batman vs Superman was uh, was bloated." Yeah, <laughs> he said it was bloated. <laughs> that is an understatement. But he also said that he has a script for Justice League uh, Part One or whatever they're going to call right. it. And uh, not only is Jesse Eisenberg going to come back and play Lex Luthor, but Jeremy Irons said this is a lot more slimmed down. It's not as much. Yeah, man, they have fat to fat in there. He said it's it's a better movie. He was like, the script is way better. Yeah, well, Jeremy Irons is actually an independent actor. He does a million things that you've probably never seen. He's done Dungeons Mm -hmm. & Dragons. But that's what happens. (laughs) Like, he gets on these big movies. Like, again, my favorite Die Hard is Die Hard with a Vengeance. We've talked about it. We've gotten into this. Uh That that is, like, my my most uh, commented post ever on Facebook was... I like everyone was just like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, I'm super pissed. But um, Jer- Jeremy Irons is a great bad bad guy, like scenery yeah. chewing bad guy. So it's and he's he's good in everything, you know. He's fucking even you know, even though like Dungeons and Dragons was terrible. He, I mean, he still did a good he job. Did a good job. There's a movie called Aragon. Did you ever see Aragon? It was about like a talking yeah, dragon. Yeah. No, the, I, rem- I remember. Aragon wasn't Aragon a talking dragon. Or is Dragonheart it? was the talk. Was the yeah, one that yeah, was Sean Connery. But it was basically like like a ripoff of, of Star Wars, but with like but with dragons. swords and dragons and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And he played like the Obi Wan Kenobi character, but he still did a great job. That's the thing is, it, I, like, that's one thing now that when you watch, like, uh, an actor or whatever in a movie, you, you you learn now. I think people are more aware that you can separate the actor from the material. Yes. Where you're like that guy's good, doing something bad. Exactly. With you know, like those, like these kind of subpar, like sci-fi scripts. They get like really great actors to come in and do these sort of like mediocre Mm -hmm. like characters, but they bring a lot to it. That uh, that that idea for me is Denzel Washington's like a whole bunch of his movies. Yeah, he's the scripts are kind of average, but he's so great that they become really good movies. Yeah. I'm surprised no one's done Denzel yet, but that that's a good one. He's got some of my favorite, favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I just saw The Equalizer, finally. 
Was it good? It was pretty good. I haven't seen it. It was. I mean, it, it was an action. A lot of people movie. were saying like, "Oh, think of it like John Wick." I don't think it was like John Wick. I mean, granted, it was you know guys who were killers that came out of right. retirement to do whatever. But it was like it was two different movies. What if John Wick and uh, and the Equalizer are connected by the hotel? That did they ever tell you? It's not like the same thing. And like uh, yeah. the two different yeah two different organizations. Well, yeah. My 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 only thing about the Denzel is that he's got like um, one of my favorite movies of all time is Fallen. Mm-hmm. The one where they yeah. have the the demon that touches people and he gets you uh, know, the, I don't know that one. Oh dude, it's fucking great. John Goodman's in it. John Goodman's another good hero. He's in yeah. a ton of good shit. Oh he, yeah. I don't think that guy misses. John Goodman doesn't miss. You're obsessed with John Goodman. We should do a John Goodman. We should do. You did that Tom on the Hanks. movies. You gave John Goodman as the Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Tom, John Goodman's amazing. He's and he's even in like support do you see him on community? He's fucking uh-huh. hilarious. Uh-huh. Amazing. So funny in he's community. He's so funny. Did you ever see Treme? No, but oh, I wanted he was, to see it. He was great in that. Like the first, uh, the pilot episode of Treme, he's on. He's doing like a news interview, and he's in front of the a river, and he's just like laying it down and laying like just really like into his camera. It's like the Army Corps of Engineers, aka also known as the U.S. government. Like, amazing, amazing performance. Yeah, everything. I was well, that's on HBO. That's on yeah. H. That's on yeah, HBO. Yeah. I think I. It ended a bunch of years ago, but it's all out on a on the DVD HBO. and on yeah, HBO. Yeah. That's how old I am. I'm still like, oh, DVD. DVD. <laughs> well, well, I'm a. We're. I think we're about the same age. Yeah. Um, that's how. That's how I officially know something's released because it could be online for a while. Yeah. Before. Yeah. Not even Blu-ray. You went straight to DVD. Yeah, I went DVD. Yeah, I just got a Blu-ray player. I feel so. I still don't have. I, I do everything. I feel so bad for Blu-ray. Like Blu-ray was like, this is it. I'm taking over. It's not gonna be DVD anymore. It's gonna be Blu-ray. High def. And then they were like, yeah, we can just stream everything now. It's like, yeah. God damn it. Yeah, yeah. It was my time to shine. Well, yeah. Panasonic. Blu-ray's became... still big in Japan. Yeah. Japan, uh, they still care about physical media. Yeah. Bl- bl- and That's also... why they'll never win. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Uh, are we fighting the Japanese again? I don't I hope not. Have we ever stopped? Yeah. All right. Well, damn. You almost ripped me. All right, Watkins. Um, <laughs> yeah. What else we got? So, uh, uh, we also got, oh, uh, Emily Blunt's going to be uh, Mary, Mary Poppins. Poppins. Yeah. Mary Poppins. I think that's pretty interesting. Oh, cool. And, She's great. Uh, also, Captain America is part of Hydra. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm surprised that that wasn't the, the, the leading headline. Did you uh, see that? Yeah, we yeah, no, what, what, what is that? I didn't see that. Captain America in the new, uh, what is it, Steve Rogers or whatever, Captain Rogers? What's his uh, name? It's Captain America, Steve Rogers. Steve Rogers. Something along those lines. Um, they they do this whole weird retcon history of how um, Captain America has actually been brought up and he's been Hydra the whole this like, whole time. Like his mother was Hydra, yeah. Raised him to be Hydra, and he's been a sleeper agent this whole time. Yeah. Now one of the things wow. they said was it could be uh, like I forgot I haven't really been catching up in the actual comics, but people are saying he got his powers because you know he was depowered for a while. He's like mm-hmm. an old dude. So right. saying he got his powers back when a deity type figure gave it back to him, and they're saying that when that happened, he might have like retconned his, you know, like a Mephisto type thing. One more day with Spider Man type thing. Oh yeah, uh-huh. yeah. And so it's like, uh, so well, it's just magical. I don't know. What right. the, the the explanation I saw to break it down how he how he became Hydra was that Red Skull at a certain point in the past has uh, actually took the part of because Professor Xavier died. Mm-hmm. And they took his brain and he put he grafted the parts of Professor Xavier's brain into his brain so that he has mm-hmm. 
the ability to, con- to some of uh, Professor X's powers. And in that process, they're saying that he planted these thoughts like into his head when like he got his power. Hydra thoughts. Yeah, like like it didn't really happen, but he planted those memories into Steve Rogers' brain. So now it's coming out. There's got to be planting s- memories. It sounds vaguely like Inception. Totally like Inception. Yeah, fucking Inception. So I don't know. I don't know. That, that's and there's there's evidence to back it up. This guy laid it all out on. on yeah, I hope. Uh, something. Hope there's got to be something to it. Yeah, yeah, I hope it doesn't... You can't just say magic. That's too easy. Yeah. yeah. I hate when they just... Because, uh, like, in Star Trek, they would do that all the time. They And they call it Tech the Tech. Where they're like, we gotta... We gotta uh, depower the con- the conversion module. And yeah. it's, like, just bullshit technical terms. that I mean, right. would call it... And literally, it, you know, like, when they would write out the scripts, they would leave the gaps where they were like, we'll just Tech the Tech. Okay. And then, you know, That's like... That's funny. And it would just fill in the blanks with stuff. But you can't, it's it's cheap, you know, you can't just say, or like, it was a dream the whole time. Ah, the Dallas escape. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. fucking hate that. Ugh. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know, I, it's interesting to see... To me, it just seems yeah. like a publicity stunt. Totally. It's gonna be fixed somehow. It's right. gonna be, yeah, some alternate it's, universe thing. Yeah, it's the screenwriting equivalent of, like, pulling the fire alarm in a building. Yes, yeah. It gets yeah. everybody out, and then everyone can start over. Right, but right. To me, it's also like jumping the shark. Like... <sighs> I think I don't know. Have you been following up on DC Rebirth? Uh, bits and pieces. Like I guess it's something along the lines of uh, DC Rebirth it talks about how uh, it, everybody's existing within the Watchmen universe, actually. Wow! And that it's, mm. uh, Doctor Manhattan is the one who created the New Fifty Two universe. And it's bananas. It's just fucking weird. Wow! There's a scene where like Batman picks up the comedian's pin. And it has the blood on it and stuff, and like uh, that's interesting. It's so that's, bizarre and weird. If I like cro- that. If that crossover isn't happening, I want that. I want someone to make that. Yeah, I would re- read the shit out of that. Yeah, I lo- yeah, that sounds actually very cool. I, I guess there's been some complaints about it, but I don't know exactly what. I think it was just the DC fouled everything up with so many reboots within such a short period of yeah. time that they're like, are we re? re- this is the last one. Let's fix everything. Right, right, yeah. Ugh. What if it's the Watchmen? Everybody loves the Watchmen. Everybody loves the Watchmen. Yeah. It's like uh, if, you, if you run the risk of now, if they may ruin the Watchmen. Right, because people are really precious about yeah. the Watchmen. They're like, because that's I think widely considered the greatest graphic novel or, or comic book superhero ever story. That's yeah. what I've the, always yeah. heard it as. Exactly, like the, the greatest superhero story. So yeah. like the rise yeah. and fall, the. The flaws, the the, the catch twenty two of having superpower right. beings and the, vigilantes and shit. The imperfect parts of exactly, of superheroes. Because yeah. normally superheroes are just yeah. viewed as yeah. The guy can't his dick don't work. Yeah, yeah. Right. that's a big deal for that's you know like <laughs> of all the superpowers he has, he's like oh well, all right. And he's got to go kick ass to get his dick to work. Exactly. I, read, uh, I read one of the comments that said, uh, so that means that technically if you take it as it is, the new fifty two is the sequel to Watchmen. And I was like, ooh. Wow. Ooh. Oh, boy. That's why uh, there's a, the DC released, like, six pages of the first issue. And at the end, it's uh, art, like, who I think of as the Wally West. Because in the New 52, mm-hmm. Wally West is black. Mm-hmm. In this one, it's, like, Wally West in the yellow suit, Kid Flash suit with the red hair. And he's like, right. I'm Wally West. I need your help, Batman. And it's like, oh shit! Yeah. Oh, he's crossing universes. Ah. That that's cool. I would like. I love that stuff. Like the Flash ended. I don't know if you saw the yeah, yeah, Flash. Yeah. 
That show is great, and they they they're really pulling together. I can't wait for them to do that one big crossover of. I think they might have Arrow ended, Flash because they kind of ended it like the Flashpoint Paradox type thing. Yes, and I think they might have done that to get uh, Supergirl into that universe. Yeah, because I think there's going to be some issue with crossing over of universes. Supergirl's going to get pulled through because if they include, if they say that all of Supergirl's universe gets over to the Arrowverse, as we call it, right. That means that Superman comes over too. So they need to find some way to just get Supergirl. Well, and her cast at the end. Spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen the season finale of Flash. You find out that the the Jay Garrick, the guy in the Iron Mask, was actually um, on from Earth Three, which was the how he stole the powers, and it was actually um, Barry's dad, the doppelganger for Barry's dad, and he's the real Jay Garrick. And there's an Earth Three that could be. Um, Supergirl's Super Earth. Because yeah, yeah. they say that Supergirl's on Earth 3. So that may be another way that they're tying it all together. Yeah. Like they have to, like Jay Garrick, the Earth 3, Earth 3 Jay Garrick, or whatever the fuck. It gets, yeah. you, you, visually it makes sense, but they got, you know, it's hard to, hard to like, uh, pull it together. But he may end up bringing Supergirl or something with yeah. his speed, you know, yeah, to, something. to do something. Yeah. But, uh, either way, man, I, I, I want to, how are they going to do Thomas Wayne? You know, like, how are they going to do, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. how are they going to do the Thomas Wayne, Martha Wayne Joker? You know what I mean? Yeah, that's not going to, they're, they're, they're not going to do, do any of that yeah, shit, yeah. but I, I, it, I planted that seed in my mind. I'm like, holy fuck. Yeah. Alright. Anything else we got to wrap this uh, up? <laughs> that's great for the podcast, by the way. <laughs> I'm just going to keep that going for I, like yeah. 10 minutes. I would love to see a documentary about, the Marvel writers and yes. the incredible, like all the universes that they have to keep track of, and yeah. them just like, how do we, how do we tie this to this? And it's just like a, a whiteboard with like picture, like you know, in like a gangster movie where someone's like mapping out the tree up the yeah, the where mafia. you see and like it, a newspaper clippings with yarn connecting pushpins. Ex- exactly, and stuff. yeah, and yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like oh, it all goes through to, to this person. Yeah. They're, the, they're that, the center. That's actually something that happened with the New 52 that they got in trouble with is that they didn't do that. So there was like, uh, they had like Teen Titans uh, featuring, you know, uh, you know, all the cast of characters. But it's like, they said they were on the third Robin, but like that universe had only existed for five years. And it's like, so you Robins. had three Robins in Teen Titans, but... And it was all, it was so convoluted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they had three yeah. different origin stories for Catwoman because she was in three different comic books at the same time. Right, yeah. And I was like, oh no! Yeah, oh, no. I don't like that. I don't like when there's multiple comics of the same character where it's yeah. like, god damn it. It's like, nobody got mm-hmm. together? Nobody... Yeah, yeah. Nobody... Well, that's why I love, I love the, the way the Russo brothers talk about it. You know, like they yeah. did, you know, Captain America Civil War came out and they got... They're gonna be. I totally am psyched for all the Infinity War process that they're gonna yeah. go through. And they say it's literally like how they chore. And because one of the things about those movies, the fight scenes are super well choreographed. They're yeah. incredibly detailed. Everybody's got something to do. And they were talking about, yeah, we just sit and we just kind of have the 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 the, the mockups, the, the 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 toys essentially, the models of the of the characters. And they were like, how could we get? Okay, we now we now this person's over here. Almost like those old World War Two <laughs> battle maps where they would risk. push. Yeah, they're playing yeah. risk and shit. Like yeah, push, they're just pushing. pushing. Yeah, they're like all right, these will go here. And yeah, the, this army will cover the western front. Yeah, I imagine. I imagine that in their brain, it's like the biggest. 
It's like uh, like we were talking about like playing with your toys. Where this Ninja Turtles gonna the GI Joes are gonna attack yeah, Ninja yeah. Turtles, and, exactly. and then Spider Man's gonna fight Jesus or whatever, you know. Uh, <laughs> oh, one thing I did want. I had Jesus actually. Yeah, and then the Transformers really? will fight the Power Rangers. Yeah, and, and we'll just bring that in. Yeah, well, it'd be Why fun to have like a skate where it's like some poor kid is just using his like Saint figurines. <laughs> like yeah, a, yeah, yeah. All right, Saint uh, Mary's gonna fight Saint Anthony. <laughs> it's not even the actual figurines; it's just those tall candles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they just have the pictures candles. of it. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Stan, uh, one the last thing I want to say was that Stanley uh, apparently is gonna make his last appearance at New York Comic Con. His last yeah. Comic Con he's ever gonna go to. He's ninety something. He's ninety six. Yeah, yeah, Jesus. And he also said that he's gonna film three cameos for future Marvel movies, all within the same week. For three different movies. Wow. And then that's going to be it. Because it's like, yeah, you're probably going to die soon. He, uh, could you imagine, like, the posthumous uh, yeah, Stan Lee appearance? Oh, my gosh. Because by the, like, by the time a third Marvel movie comes yeah. out, it's going to be, you know, 2019, 2020, maybe? Yeah, he's going to be 100 plus. So it's like, we're going to have a posthumous... He's going to film his after he's death. definitely yeah. having some... They should that's kind of cool. Yeah, I, I, what a good way to go out, Stanley. Yeah. That's yeah. dope. If there's any way to go out, be like, all right, I'm gonna film my last cameos in these giant Marvel movies, and I'm out. They could just green screen him, and then just have him say a bunch of random things, yeah, and they could yeah. just put him in like Bela Lugosi style. Yeah, like <laughs> like a like a like a like a cardboard like they did with Bruce Lee after he died. Did you ever see that? They would act literally <laughs> dudes with cardboard face masks in front of themselves. And it was Bruce Lee's face put oh. on cardboard. It was the worst. Oh, oh man, it was bad. Jackie Chan did some of those. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, didn't, I, I didn't. I didn't know that. Or like in in the Crow when Brandon yes. Lee died. Yeah. In the, they had to the do filming. some tricky editing. Yeah, tricky editing, and they had to like a couple times like do very primitive computer graphics. Yeah, yeah. That was face. like pre Paul Walker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, did they, you see the Fury Seven? No, no. Oh man, it's literally at one point like a, they they drive. You probably saw on the trailer where they drive a car out of the window, right? And they do a shot of Vin Diesel, and he's like, ah. And then they do a shot of Paul Walker, and it's like so CGI to the point where you're like, oh, yeah. Oh, no. You're like, oh, he's dead. That's oh, right. No. Um, did you hear about the petition that was started to make the like when Stanley stops doing the cameos to have the cameos? Deadpool be de- be doing yeah, the yeah they never let that I, I thought that would be so great like they like Deadpool's the one that just pokes his head out and does <laughs> like he do- literally does the Stanley things but wearing the Deadpool mask yeah and it just gives a little wink to the camera yeah yeah like I, I would I thought that would be that would be great but I might pull people out too much but yeah all right so let let's uh, did you have anything here news wise that you wanted to talk about oh man this is good this is great I yeah. this is covering a lot of it we did yeah. we did so let's jump into uh, your hero yes. um, which. Uh, it's again another musical hero, and I love when we do these because they're so like personal, you know. Yeah. Um, you chose your hero, Tom DeLonge from uh, Blink One Eighty Two. Yes. Is it Tom DeLonge? Is how you pronounce Tom it. De- and and technically, he's formerly a Blink Blink One Eighty Two. Correct. At this, yeah. At this point, but yes, I, I chose him. That what? All right. So we start. We'll start it with the same way we start every one of these. Where it's uh, what's the first thing you think of when you think of Tom DeLonge? Um, when I think of Tom Long, I think of his guitar playing style, like a lot of power chords, really fast, sort of like single note yeah. kind of riffs, a lot of energy and excite- excitement, and it's his his music was sort of like awakened my mind like to what what music could be, and right. I was little, and I was like, oh, how do you make those sounds? Oh, you get a guitar. Okay, I'll I need to get one of those. For the record, you're you're a musician yourself. You play you yes, know guitar, I, and you've been in bands. Uh, yes, I played uh, I played guitar in in 
and I've also played bass guitar in uh, bands. Uh, I was in a band in high school, band in college, and then I was in a band shortly before I moved to New York. Yeah, so you're you you you're a musician. You've, you've, what were the what were the names of your bands? Those uh, are great. I love. Oh, these are good. Yeah. Oh, these are good. So my band in high school, we were called Strictly Tech. That was my Strictly band in tech. high school. That's pretty good. That's not. I was expecting way worse. <laughs> that comes and, and that comes from uh, something my theater teacher said because we were. Uh, after school, you know, when I was building a set for sure. Singing in the Rain, and he said, all the Strictly Tech people, come come this way. And I was like, that's it. Yeah, that's a good um, one. That's not bad. That one was pretty good. This might this might be the one. <laughs> yeah. this, next one this next one might be the one you're looking for. Oh, yeah. Uh, my band in college, I was the guitarist and one of the vocalists, and we were called Edge of Memory. Uh, yes. yes, which is yes. this is in the late nineties. I'm assuming this is a uh, early this is like, this is like early two thousand. Yeah, so we were so about like, the same age. So. Yeah, yeah. I just turned thirty, so I'm a little was, bit older than you. Yeah, yeah, so it was right in the middle of the what I guess people like the alternative press warp tour, like the yeah. scene. Right. Pop punk if if you bands. weren't into the pop punky emo sound, what became emo? Yeah, the band. A bunch of bands were coming out that had been really influenced by Blink-182 yeah. and Newfound Glory in the late 90s. Yeah. Newfound Glory. Those were so, the Florida band. That was, yeah, that was, they were uh, star rating like Palm Beach County area. Mm-hmm. I was like, that was like the biggest fucking band. Yeah. But if you, yeah, if you were in that world, in that scene at all. Yeah. So everyone who loved them in high school started getting bands and they started like, I think Fall Out Boy just became, uh, uh, Sugar Road going down through, swinging. Yes. They yeah. just became uh, mainstream. And so there was all these kinds of bands, like Cute is What We Aim For. Uh, mm. like, I could, I could, like, there the was Academy a... is, like, there was a, another kind of big burst of stuff like that. That's when I was in that band. And, but the actual, the name came, comes through, like, a metalcore song, Into Eternity. Uh, they, so... they were a band, and they had a lyric called, Through Them, The Edges of My Memory. The Edges of, and so you were, you were called Edge of Memory? Yes, we were called Ed, Edge of Memory, and... Um, it sounds like that Tom Cruise movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah Edge yeah. of Tomorrow. Yeah, it kind of does, doesn't it? It does. Oh, if only, if only we're as good as that movie. If only, if only you could sue them for naming rights. <laughs> yeah. Or like, hey, sorry guys, we just want to cut. We just want to taste. Yeah, you just, know? just a little taste. Just a little so bit. What's the third one? Uh, third one, I was briefly, um, and you can, they just put out a new album. I briefly played bass in a band called Split Five. Um, Why do I? I know that name. There. They like opened for the bigger bands in Baltimore and okay. like at like Ram's Head Live. Um, I've heard that name before. They yeah they their lead singer I, I believe his last name Billy England. Okay. Um, yeah, like all time low, like all the bigger bands that we were just like talking about. They were the band, they would open for them when they came through nice. Baltimore. Um, I played bass for them briefly, and then they sort of dissolved, and then they got back together, which I was fine with because I was like you know what. I'm gonna. I want to move to New York. Be right. a comedian. Yeah. So, but they had really good songs. Um, it was, it was so funny. I I might have. Uh, it was so funny. Like I was learning some of their songs on on bass, and I was like, oh, these three songs are all variations on the same four chords. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's very common <laughs> right. in that, and especially in that music. There's, yeah, there's that a music lot of you kind of yeah. kind of run into. You were about to say something. Well, no, I was just saying that. Like, it, it's interesting how you're. Well, you were playing, you were air guitaring, you were air basing, like you were like, no, I was learning, you were air playing, and that's something I see whenever anybody I see when they're tapping their hands and they do their feet also, I'm like, Mm -hmm. that guy's a drummer. You know that if they're doing the hands and the feet, that guy's a drummer. If someone does, 
is explaining something and they start air guitar in it, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, all right, I get no one, like, it's impulsive. Like, you just gotta. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, like, and, and just specifically, I was air basing because I was like, no, you just put the one finger here. Yep, if I was air, were... air guitaring, I'd have like. Greg Barrett does a bit about that where he's just make the devil horns and then, and then you, you, you make the okay sign and then you just fan your, fan your balls. Fan your balls. <laughs> I love that. Thing. And he does, yeah, and he does the one. <laughs> and, it's like, and if you're playing bass, you just uh, tap your belt. Tap, tap the belt. Tap the belt. Tap the belt. Tap the belt. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. Uh, but going back to your hero, Tom Tom DeLong, yes. like of that era, I remember. So I was a, I was in the music also, and I played in bands and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you play? I play bass and I play guitar now. Nice. Um So kind of the same thing. And then, uh, but I um, you have a metal dude. I was more so I, I'm a little bit older than you. So mm-hmm. I graduated '99. And then in that span of music, there was not a lot of good, like, like stuff. You had to go looking for it. Yeah. And what I landed on was a lot of, like, um, it was, like, the beginnings of new metal, the end of, like, heavy okay. grunge. Like, Alice in Chains was one of my favorite bands. And then you okay. get bands like... like Stained? No, this is before Stained. You get uh, bands like Deftones. Deftones, yeah. yeah. And then you get bands like Korn. And then mm-hmm. those bands really resonated with me. And then I started getting into the heavier side, but the technical side of things, where yeah, like I, like, I wasn't like a lot of syncopated like f- like five eight time signatures and stuff like more, that. More more like not that specific, but more like they know how to play because it was yes. a lot of that punk. Like my friends were into punk bands also because it was like aggression without talent. That's what I always call. It. So mm-hmm. I wanted to f- I wanted that same kind of energy, but like channeled through people who were. Playing. Musical proficiency. Yeah, proficiency. And then so when that, and then so there was this weird gap of like, Will Smith was the biggest. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like there was this, this gap of yeah. like weird pop pop music that was just not party would, pop. That party yeah, pop it was just music. party pop and the boy bands and all that stuff. And everyone, I yeah. was just like, this is what is going on. Yeah, good time summer jams. Yes, yeah. exactly. Like Lynn, you know, steal my oh. sunshine. Like, oh, like that one was a hits. good song. Though. It was a good song. Yeah, it's a great song. Don't, but. Don't. Don't diss Len. No, but I will say this: <laughs> that too much of that, like, look, I'm not gonna like O Town. You, yeah, you can't have too oh, much cotton candy. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah, you can. Eventually, you just want nothing at all. Exactly. Like I was like, just that's when I stopped watching music. Like I, st- I was like, I would go and find the stuff that I liked, and I got really into right. the virtuoso guitar guys, like Steve Vai and stuff like that. Yeah. Bring it to my point was Joe Satriani. Yeah, Joe Satriani. I saw them a lot. Joe Satriani, Steve Vai, and. Uh, 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 the guy from Dream Theater, John Petrucci. Yeah. Fucking oh, that was like the G3 the G3? tour? Yes. Oh, yeah. That it's been crazy. insanity. They were great. But that's the whole thing. So I, I leaned towards the technical side of things, where sure. I wanted to hear... Strictly people. tech. Yeah, strictly tech. <laughs> strictly tech. Full right. circle. Yeah. But then the one thing... So I was already into the heavier stuff when like Blink-22 was around for a while, but mm-hmm. they got really big around that time. Yeah. Uh, and... Uh, I always gave them credit because they knew what they were doing. They did. They sounded structured, and that's the one thing I always gave the, like pop punk, emo bands, and and later on emo like there's there a lot of them knew what they were doing. Like they that it was intentional. You know what I mean? Yeah, they so were could, exactly. I know exactly what you mean. Like I don't think any of those bands ever would ever consciously sold out. Like right. none of them were. None of them were like minor threat, and then turned into lit right, overnight yes, yeah. to to gain success. They were all kind of doing stuff in that wheelhouse, and by the time and I know the album you're talking about, which again the song that got me into it, it was the big radio single "What's My Age Again." Yeah, that guitar riff I was like, I won't learn how to do do that. Yeah, 
that kind of, that kind of stuff, that was just a natural, I think, a natural prog- progression from what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I totally get it. And that's the one thing that I always felt like there was a lot of good music at the time. Uh, one of my, I was just listening to them on the way over here. Like Alien Ant Farm was one of my, oh, man. Oh, yeah. was one of my favorite Movies bands. Movies is a great song. That yeah. album, Anthology, criminally is, underrated song. Yes. Oh, man. That song is great. They're all, <laughs> it's amazing. And, and it was during the time where everyone was, it was uh, before 9-11, and everyone was having a good time, and every, <laughs> yeah. everything was super fun. And those guys, they kind of, and they did Smooth Criminal, and everything became, like, fun, like the the counter-grunge movement, where it was like, we're going to rock out for the good times, like some 41. Man, Blink 182 was yes. straight-up goofy. Yeah, and yeah. They, they were straight-up goofy. Str- that's part of why I love them, because I was like, oh, it's like, they're like me and my group of friends, like, it's... It's songs about mm-hmm. it's it's songs about like girls and stuff and like and like teenage, teenage stuff, stuff that was yeah. stuff that was going through my life being a white kid in America in the suburbs, like it was stuff that I I was relating to and then in between they were like making jokes about like jerking off dogs and fucking each other. Right. Yeah. And I remember did, like did Blink One Eighty Two come out before or after Jackass was a TV show? They were before. They were before. I think Jack. But Jackass yeah. came from Ben Margera doing. Yeah. Uh, the CKY. CKY yeah. videos, also, with skate videos and stuff. Which is also kind of the same scene as uh, Blink-182. Like, they did skateboarding and stuff, too. It was that kind like, of... Like, Tom DeLonge... Yeah. I, I watched a documentary a while ago about... Uh, it was, like, one of those MTV back-home road... Yeah, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. I know, uh, yeah. And, uh, like, it was, he said, like, somebody gave him a guitar out of the trash... Like his friend was mm-hmm. his dad. His friend's dad was the trash collector, and he found a guitar and like gave it to him for his birthday. And he said he just played like all he wanted to do was just play this guitar, learn how to play guitar, and skateboard was the only two things he did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And his he did an interview with his mom. His mom was like, at first he was terrible. Yeah. He had no idea what he's doing. Then after a while, he he sounded pretty good. Yeah. And then and and that's a, that's another thing where it's like they because I we I. I Get a lot of shit for this, but I don't like Nirvana. I think they're not good. Mm-hmm. Um, not so Nirvana, yeah. uh, Trey. I like Nirvana. I'm not. I'm not a hardcore devotee of Nirvana, right. but I think, I think they have good songs. But I could see why someone wouldn't wouldn't like. Who's them. a better band, Nirvana or Foo Fighters? Foo Fighters is a better band for sure. For Ooh, sure, Trey. Oh, Trey, guy, man. I mean, I th- I have more of a connection. I, I have more of a deeper emotional connection to uh, Nirvana, Nirvana than I do the Foo sure, Fighters. Sure. But, God, damn can Dave Grohl rock. Dave Grohl's the only guy that is a, like a real rock and roller. Yeah. Now, I also like He's him. He's the last I one. like him as yeah. a human. He's a good guy. He's like yeah. Tom Cruise the last samurai. Yeah. Like... <laughs> He's what? been like he's been <laughs> photographed he's been oh, photographed in the mosh pit at giant concerts. Like, yeah. He's just like he doesn't have any pretensions about him. One of the best videos I ever saw that had Dave Grohl in it, um he and Kyle Gass from Tenacious D yes. are backstage at this big like European music festival and he's talking about he's like, I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna teach Kyle how to write a how to write a hit song and he talks about because you know like the deep cuts they don't keep the mansion. Run it. So you gotta see white people. They attach to the lyrics. So think of it. Think of it like a, a a bumper sticker, and he just goes, "Life's a bitch." And he just starts playing three chords and singing, "Life's a bitch, but keep on trucking." <laughs> and then he's just like, "You don't even really have to change the way the chords are. It's just sort of like it's chorus, chorus, pre-chorus, verse, kinda, chorus." Uh, <laughs> like he, like the guy know. Like in addition to being a pretty a really solid dude, the guy knows this. Yeah, guy knows knows his stuff. Well, he knows how to make a great rock and roll song. That entire first Foo Fighters album was him 
just he, he, he does played everything. everything. Yeah, he and and another thing is that I that we'll we'll get back to Tonda Long in a moment. But but Dave Grohl <laughs> sure, sure. is another one that could be could be considered a hero to to a lot of people because he was. He's like the guy that he sold out, but like used his powers for good. You know what I mean? He used his yeah, sellout sure. powers for good. So, so he had the big boom with Nirvana, and all this crazy shit happened with Nirvana. And he he was arguably the most talented. He was the, he was the most skilled person in Nirvana. My yeah. big thing with Nirvana was that they were, I think they were overhyped, and they became mm-hmm. like this visual like figurehead of that movement of the grunge movement because MTV gave like christened them you right know? they christened them like the voice of the Exa- generation, the voice of the generation. And, and you're kind of like they're they're fine. They're okay. Yeah, they're all right. But like technically speaking, like because I, I was a big Alice in Chains guy, uh-huh. and Alice in Chains I think was a much better band. They were much more talented, the better players. They were, and the, the, the you know Lane Staley was writing just as a, aggressive yeah. lyrics and an amazing shit. Also, and Lane Staley can sing his ass off. Fucking great. Yeah. 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 What, and then like uh, I think what they when they christened him the voice of the generation, they were like, let's not let's because he's not that trying, not doing that well. You know, he's not the best. He's not. He's mm-hmm. not good. It's it's bad to be the best at something. Yeah, and that that bothered me. So when I see like what, so when when it came back around to like uh, that pop, that the when that when that kind of poppy punk came out, you could see bands like I remember when Yellow Card came out and they had the viol- the, the, the violin player. I love. They're I great. Love them. They're they're wow. again. I that's not that's the one thing that I'll say that they are good. But I can't listen to them all the time. It's not necessarily sure. for me aggressively. But when you hear me, you're like fuck, they're good. I can't. Man. I can't not. Yeah, they're tight. <laughs> yeah, that's a good sign of. I think that's also a good sign of our age too, Mike. Because if we were like maybe like even five or eight years younger, we'd be like fuck that man and fuck that band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I but now we're just like they're they're good. Yeah, I, I see that. Right. They, I see that they're they're clearly talented. It doesn't do anything for me. Right. I see the same thing about like Taylor Swift. Like people talk shit about Taylor Swift. She's, I'm like she's doing. She's, she's fine. immensely yeah. talented. She don't, oh my gosh! Or even like Nicki Minaj, or whatever. I'm like, oh, she's fine. She's doing all right. Yeah. Nicki Minaj. Nicki Minaj is another thing altogether because of the hip hop thing and writing your own rhymes and stuff like that. But on that song, Monster, when she came out, she, that was fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. She's you know fine. she's good. And and but even more so, like like uh, Taylor Swift is a perfect example of even Miley Cyrus. Like people are talking oh, yeah. about how crazy she Yo, went. She has a good voice. She's, yeah, she's super fucking talented. She did, I forgot what song she did on the SNL 40th anniversary, but it was like, it was fucking beautiful. 50 Ways to Leave Your Lover yeah. with Paul McCartney. It was so or, or Paul good. Yeah. It yeah, was, I remember that. Man, what a beautiful voice. She's amazing. And then I watched... This that is, woman has, excuse yeah. me. Yeah. Uh, but, but Tom DeLonge, they, 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 again, they I always gave them the, that credit, but then they made a real big cultural impact where mm-hmm. they were all over. That was the time... I think they were almost kind of a, a Nirvana-like presence on MTV because that's the time of TRL. And, yeah. yeah, and all of that started happening. They would do like making the video. Remember making the video? Oh, I remember. And they would do the all the boy bands were. I, and they I was would about smock to say, them. they could have been like the boy band version of like rock at the time. The, they kind they of were. They were yeah, definitely the I mean. Backstreet Boys of a punk band. Yeah, like they're very. I've heard a lot of people make that comparison, and that's a, and I would totally accept that. Yeah. They were very accessible. Like if you wanted to, pr- if you if you were a girl or a, you know a homosexual gentleman at the time, uh, and you wanted to like have a crush on like a musician, it was like, well, if you want a pretty boy, get one of the uh, NSYNC or Backstreet Boys. But if you want a fun guy, yeah. your crush is Blink One Eighty Two. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. a lot of bands w- became acute were accused of being 
like Blink-182. They were like copying yeah. a lot of copycats. Because yeah, it's, yeah. it's pretty, I don't want to say simple music, but the derivatives of it can be simple. Like, they were doing things that were very creative. Like And they were doing a lot of different types of songs, too, because they had, like, yeah. Adam's song. and then right. Uh, and then they have was it, which one was Boxcar Racer was just Mark Hoppus and Tom DeLonge with Boxcar Sparker. Boxcar was Tom DeLonge and Travis Barker, and then Mark sang guest vocals on one song. Okay. And then um, after Blink split, Mark and Travis made Plus Forty Four, and then Tom went off and did Angels and Airwaves. Uh, so, and now he's like a UFO researcher. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. That's now so he, weird. Now he is a yes. Now he's Ooh. now he's uh, now his goal is to make sure we all know the truth about uh, UFOs. Well, he has he named his so his funny. company like it was also like a pop punk band. It's like in the sky to or, the stars to the stars to yeah. the stars. Yes, this like, that also sounds like a pop punk band to the stars. Yeah, and he like made a he had like a Sundance award winning short film that he directed. Oh yeah, and he wrote like a young adult novel, and then he wrote like a UFO uh, de- debunking novel that just came out. And yeah, he's <laughs> what oh, is he's happening? All he's all into UFO. And, well, and, like, do you have have you do you know about that? Like, have you researched why he went nuts? Like. It's not that he's nuts, but it's what's a weird thing to obsess over. It's like, like it's so I mean, fringe. It's been, it's been there. It's been there the entire time because on Blink's uh, breakthrough, Enema of the State, he had a song called Aliens, Aliens Exist. Exist. That's one of my favorite songs. I just fucking put it. I just realized <laughs> it now. I was like, holy shit! So it's always kind of been there. Oh man, I, I can't trace it. I, I don't remember the exact time that he, I can't remember the exact story of how he. Got into that, but I do know it's he's been like seriously, seriously into it for a long time, and maybe didn't talk about it as much. Like on one of their uh, like tour DVDs, sure. uh, they had an entire special feature where he talks about he shows like his giant thing of his giant wall of UFO <laughs> books. Um, he was in one in in he in, has... in blinks in in blinks twenty eighty two's book. He says that. He's quoted. He's quoted as saying, "Like the reason that JFK was assassinated is because he found out about like the aliens that are living under Florida." Mm. And he's like, and he's like talking to like former like CIA and FBI and like talking about the shit they've seen. Wow, I I'm just imagining now timed along with like with the board that we were talking about earlier with like <laughs> newspaper clippings and yarn connecting the pushpins, like where he's just like. And that's why you can't eat, you know, Monsanto. You know, like, Monsanto yeah. is aliens. <laughs> yeah, like, whoa. like, there's, I imagine he has a, I imagine he has, like, a dollar bill and, like, is tracing <laughs> out the Illuminati. Yeah, yeah. And, well, the, one of the logos on his guitar is the Freemason logo. Yeah, that little, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, the, the little, the G the, with the little yeah, compass. Yeah, yeah the, the compass and the, what's it called? Fucking, I can't uh, remember the name of it. But it has a name, but but whatever the. Uh, I would call it a protractor. Is it a pro? It's a compass and a something else. Yeah, it's like an old school protractor. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. I read show. that Dan Brown book, uh, The Lost Symbol, and uh, it's all about the Freemasons, and I for- fucking forgot. I don't remember what it's called. <laughs> yeah, like what are the Freemasons supposed to be? It's like I know everyone thinks they're like you know like cultish, secret organization yeah. that runs the world. It's it's a it's, oh they call it the square and the compass. Yes, the square. Oh, that's that's right. what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the Freemasons. I thought apparently they're supposed to be like the seekers of enlightenment. It's like the seeker they they the seekers of free thought and there's different levels and it's basically like uh, uh, the OG Scientology I think without the aliens I think it's more like they're just there's you you uh, you. 
climb through levels, and if you're like a level thirty three mason, you're like mm-hmm. the cream of the peak. It's or whatever. just like the original Elks, Elks Club. Like people are like, oh yeah, it goes back to the, the the Templars, and it's like, well, it goes further than back there. The people created King Solomon's Temple, and right, it's right. like they name themselves after King Solomon's Temple, but like. They're just a bunch of dudes who started a, a club yeah. in the sixteen hundreds. Yeah, There's, it's probably just like a club. A club that's like, ah, I gotta get out of the house. Yeah, yeah. it's Mar-a-Lago. That's all it is. It's just the Donald Trump's club. That's all it is. What's Mar-a-Lago? <laughs> Mar-a-Lago's in uh, Palm Beach. It's Donald Trump's golf course. Well, it's private, right? Yeah, it's it's a private club, <laughs> and for the longest time, they didn't let in blacks, Jews, or Catholics. And then that's the same thing with the Freemasons. For the longest time, they didn't let in blacks, blacks Jews, or Catholics. Wait a minute, what? Yeah. That, and he that that's and they were just kind of open about that. Hero Trump is a, he, that's that's what makes him. What the fuck? That's nuts. Yeah. So like uh, a lot of people saw the Freemasons as like uh, anti-Catholic and saw them as uh, you know they yeah. they like the KKK and well they were like anti-religion also because they don't they didn't believe in Christianity or organized religion. But that's the, also another thing. Like every president has been a Freemason from George Washington. Yeah, all the George way Washington to Obama. for sure. That book's pretty interesting, but. The, the, the lost symbol, it's anyway, pretty interesting. But, but see, Tom DeLonge got us off on this fucking conspiracy well, theory. it's infectious. You know, it's... It's the, it's the kind of... It's it's so fascinating to talk about, like, the what-ifs yeah. of, it, of it. And you can never... You most likely are probably never going to really know, but gosh, it's interesting. What are the odds that Tom DeLonge is going to be the one that cracks the code? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like he exposes the lizard people I to mean, all of America, or and, the world. I mean... It would be, I mean, it would seem so innocuous, right? Because they're like, oh, he's just like, you know, he's a guy in a band. Like, I saw a music video of him running around naked. That's, and he's sitting on a toilet with wind blowing. What's yeah. that other one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was from all the small <laughs> things. That's the kind of source that I think would uh, crumble the New World Order, is something <laughs> innocuous like yeah. that, you know? But it's also to the point... Where it's like, how much of that is actually just show? Like, is he actually like he might be meeting with people, but like, what is putting out an animated short gonna do to solve? Who knows? I mean, it's probably just getting the message out. I mean, if what if it triggers the guy? Well, it triggers the well, guy. It's that supposed to. Well, because he can reach young people because he's like a musician. You know, it's all about the young you people he's reaching well, are now thirty. I mean, I always but think, I mean, there's got to be a. I mean, I imagine like the balls I imagine on this guy that he's like, I'm smart enough to to crack the extraterrestrial code. Not these scientists with their gadgets and gizmos. Me, Tom DeLonge. Yeah. Well, he. Well, when Angels and Airways' first album, uh, which is ten ten years old, this like a Good couple Lord. days ago. Oh, happy anniversary. Um. <laughs> <laughs> He before it came out, he was talking about how this is. He was like, "This is going to be the greatest record ever made. Uh, this is a revolution in rock and roll music." And then it came out that he was uh, addicted to painkillers. Ooh, yeah. So that I makes everything awesome. Yeah, man. <laughs> how was that? So album? many. That album is great. I loved it. Oh, well, maybe he's right. Maybe he's right. Maybe he's yeah. right. Yeah. Maybe it wasn't maybe, just the painkillers. You know, like sometimes you, you you wonder. Okay, like you you hear things now about in the news. About Tom DeLonge, and he, you know, or it pops up every now and again. Isn't it, you know, with all the Hillary, Trump, Bernie stuff going on, you know, all the entertainment news kind of gets pushed back. Yeah, and he's not really super relevant in terms of pop music right now, as far as the pop culture zeitgeist. Right, right. Yeah. So when something does come up, God only knows. Like I'm thinking about the X Files, like the cigarette smoking <laughs> man. He's like, release the painkiller story. You know, like. Like, di- like discredit him. Yeah, like he's pulling, he's orchestrating everything. Yeah, he's yeah. a master of 
of like media and like, oh, the, this will cause this reaction and then I can do this. Yeah. Like some dude is getting a call from the Koch brothers like, no, shut it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what, so he's come up with all of this music now and what's the, what was the rivalry now, the beef? They were talking shit about each other. Well, the most, the most recent, the most recent thing was, and the way, what I've able to kind of track it down because they broke up once before. Yeah. And then they broke, and then, and then they blinked in a breakup, but Tom left. Right. The way it's, because each, each side, like the Mark and Travis side and the Tom side are trying to, are saying two very different things. Right. Mark and Travis's side is that they wanted to get into the studio and make a new Blink-182 album. And Tom's, uh, and Tom made it difficult because he had all of these other projects going on with two sure. stars, like Angels and Airwaves, uh, fourth album, you know, bo- the, and the Arab, the, and, and, uh, and the, the book and the films and all of this and all of these right, projects, right. which kept delaying the album. And, which it, makes sense. I yeah. Mean. And they eventually, and I think they, and then eventually they got, got frustrated and uh, got frustrated and were, and were, and then like shows, there's problems with like sh- getting shows booked. And I think eventually, if I had to guess, and I would, if I ever meet him, I would, Tom DeLong, I would ask him, I would ask him this, but I would try to find a way to, to ask in a way that didn't make me sound like an asshole. I would honestly ask him, because he said he never quit. He said he was trying to make it work. And they, but, yeah. but what, if I had to really put my finger on why he left Blink, I don't think his heart was in it anymore. I yeah. think his heart was more in his in the Angels and Airwaves than sure. his other projects. And that's a perfect reason. That's yeah. the thing he was excited about because he he was not sounding good live the last couple. Oh, of really? Shows. Yeah, yeah. Like that's he, what I heard and also. He, he was he when I saw when I saw them live when they first reunited, he he was sounded great. But the last couple of shows, like Self Unfunch, he barely not even getting close to hitting the notes. Wow. Sloppy guitar playing. He was wearing like a. a uh, hardcore, uh, like the kind of hat that hardcore guys wear. Yeah, yeah. And like you could barely see his see his face. So part of me thinks maybe it's just like, you know, when like you really don't want to be in. You do a job poorly enough, and then they ask somebody else to do it. Right, yeah. right. That's that's what I thought. But you know, if you if something's a big part of your life for as long as that band was, I imagine maybe you had a hard time actually coming, coming to terms with it. Coming to terms with saying I don't want that this is what i'm passionate about yeah. now which if if he if he ever says that i'd be like okay that's that's completely that, understandable that, that's almost more respectable i well one of the things i also heard is that there was a big like you said booking shows that they were going to do about cuz Travis Barker had that plane crash with uh yes he and DJ he AM. and DJ AM and and he can't he won't fly now he's yeah. scared to fly so he doesn't fly now so then they were trying to do some other thing and there was like some insensitivity that was one of the stories put out and I'm like, well, you know, you can't. I mean, yes, you want to do shows, but also that guy's in your band, you know, like, yeah, like, like I, I imagine. So, like, going back to Alien Ant Farm, that guy broke. I thought they were they were their tour bus crashed and their lead singer broke his neck. Broke his neck. He was like in a halo for a long time. That they were on their way up. Like they. That's one of my one of my favorite bands of that era. Mm-hmm. And that they had they they were they, I have their songs on my phone right now. Um, they and they and that that accident kind of fucked him up, you know. And I feel and it was one of those things where it's like a what if. If that guy was like, yeah, I'm never t- 
taking a bus again, I'd be like, yeah, I, I mean, I understand, but that's almost impossible. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm just going to take helicopters everywhere. Right. I, you know, I'm going to invest in jetpack technology. Yeah, well, don't look up what happened to Stevie Ray Vaughan then. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be how you operate. We'll do just small fixed-wing aircraft. It's like, don't look up Richie Valens and the Big Bobber. <laughs> or um, Randy Rhodes. Or Randy Rhodes. Randy Rhodes flew his own plane and crashed. That that was the story. I don't know if he was flying. I think... I thought he was. I think there was there was a pilot who was flying. Really? It. I thought it was Randy Rhodes that he was getting his pilot's shit together and he was buzzing... Uh, Ozzy Osbourne's tour bus. That is how it happened. They buzzed it three <laughs> times and then crashed on number four. But it wasn't. It was just another guy flying. I thought it was Randy flying. I think there was someone else okay. flying it. I'm pretty sure. Either way, probably not. Not safe to go buzzing. You know, he was pulling yeah. a Ghost Rider th- yeah, requesting yeah, yeah. a flyby. You know, exactly. He was probably pulling out of his pants at the time. So yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that guy, the, Randy Rhodes. That's a sad. Was a sad one too because yeah. that was a rough one. But then also, of, so of that era. That band was ready to be like cream of the crop. I thought they yeah. were they were way up there. Yeah, and because they were they got lumped in with with new metal, but they didn't really sound that. No, no. Like attitude, another great guitar song. Yes, uh, I love that song. Really, like they were they were unique. Yeah, and and like that smooth criminal cover was so popular. But they had the original songs. They had original. There's, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of they have a lot of good songs. And, uh, you know what? That's going to be my soundtrack for this evening, probably, you know, because <laughs> I do fall into soundtracks. So, like, mm-hmm. um, like we, we're, we're going to wrap this up eventually, but we got to talk about. So, these, so the Blink 182 songs that made the most impact on you. Mm-hmm. Like, if you had to do a playlist okay. of, like, the best, you know, like the, the, the best Blink 182 songs or the best Tom DeLonge songs. Because yeah. there's other, the other music he's done is also supposed to be really good. And yes. That I've, I've not been exposed to. So I'd be interested okay. to hear it. Yeah, I could definitely do Ooh, that for you. What, what's the good non Blink? The good non Blink. So you want like a, a top five yeah, or something sure. like that? Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm going to, while, while I'm talking, I'm just going to look, look up. up, look up track list just so I get the titles right. Mm-hmm. Because there's, so there's a lot of, Angels and Airways was that other band that the band that he did afterwards. Yes, and then I'll I'll also include Boxcar Racer in okay. here as well. Um, Boxcar Racer, yeah. one of yeah. one of the best non Blink songs is uh, on Boxcar Racer's only album. Uh-huh. Um, it's is a song called There Is. It's basically just Travis Barker playing on a snare drum, and then acoustic guitar. Nice. It's it's a really it's a really kind of heartfelt, honest song. And again, if you're if you've ever had feelings for romantic feelings for someone, you'll kind of yeah, grab onto it. it. And I remember, because I remember being a kid and being feeling like being an only child and being living in a part of the, uh, not having a driver's license, living in a part of Maryland mm. where I had to, if I wanted to hang out with my friends, it was a twenty minute drive. Wow! Yeah, yeah, my yeah, parents yeah. had, and one of my parents had to drive me. Um, and again, no interest from from girls at the at the time. <laughs> um, and the and the lyrics that, has, of, that probably has a lot to do with the music. I guess that music coming up, the feel good, happy, fun time music was also kind of rooted in this like, yeah, I'm gonna get you know like because we came up with our own fun because we were afraid of girls. <laughs> exactly. There's definitely a, a there's got to be a piece there, of that. Yeah. There's that's definitely a part of it. If you throw yourself some into that, it's there's not a well rounded anything. Yeah. At, at that time. <laughs> But I thought the lyrics were, I thought the lyrics were, in the chorus lyrics, because there's a, like, the chorus lyric of, like, um, 
Because if is if there is there someone out there who feels just like me, there is, and it's very melodramatic. But when you're sure. 16, 17, you are kind of melodramatic. Like, Fuck yeah, yeah. So melodrama. So I was like, so I was like, <laughs> I was like, it so yeah. good when I'm watching Real World. <laughs> <laughs> Real World was already off the air. Oh no, was it? I don't know. And yeah. the, and that and then also the Boxcar Racer album, because he would do interviews where he was saying, "Oh yeah, I'm trying to do an album because I, I'm really into bands like." Uh, Fugazi and the Refused. Like I'm trying to do Whoa. something in similar to that. So I was like, "Oh, Fugazi. Okay, I'll, I'll look. I'll look them up." So what was this? This is a boxcar racer. What this was is a song? boxcar racer song called "There Is." All right. So this, I'm probably gonna make like a maybe a Spotify playlist or something. And if anybody wants to listen to this stuff, I, I think that would be cool, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, that would, that's a great one. Um, Blink what? Um, Angels and Airwaves' first single, "The Adventure," is a really great song. It's basically a pop punk song. Uh, it's basically if uh, a pop punk band and Pink Floyd got together. It's very Whoa. spacey, right. but it has a lot. That of, sounds cool to me. What's it called again? The Adventure. The Adventure. It has it has a lot of energy and a lot of optimism, like a lot of like spacey. like this is yeah like a like spacey optimism. Spacey optimism. The opposite of H.P. <laughs> Lovecraft. Exactly. All right, and like <laughs> it's it's the kind of it's basically the soundtrack to it's basically the soundtrack to you taking off in a spaceship that you built. Hell yeah. And you're again there's nothing but infinite the infinite blackness of space and po- and possibilities. Nice. That's that's another one of my favorite non-blink songs. Also on Angels and Airwaves first album, a uh, song called A Little's Enough. Um, this is something that, and this is also something that Tom DeLonge does not speak to a, a, a lot publicly about, but there's a lot of reference to God and spirit, spirituality in the mm-hmm. lyrics. Not in an overly way, but the, I remember the course of, the course he's telling this person, you look like you're sad, um, the, but the cure is if you just let in a little more love, and then I'll promise you a little's enough. Again, ah, so it's about... And it has a, it's a, yeah... That sorry, depth. No, it's about. It's a, there's, I guess, a connection of the soul, like souls, like for filling up your soul with something. Absolutely. So there's that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's it's very mid temp. It's very mid tempo, s- slow song. Has a lot of ethereal synth. Yeah. Which I which I really like. Most of their of Angels and Airways has a lot of ethereal synth, but that that's one of the really good ones on that album. So the adventure a little is enough. Let's yes. Do like, let's let's do three, two, two more, two three more, two more. Okay, that that works for me. Um, another, I'll say another good, another good boxcar racer song mm-hmm. that wasn't a, a single. I'll give, I'll give you, I'll give you two more boxcar songs and I'll give you one more Angels and Airwaves song. Yeah. And the two boxcar racer songs I'll give you are, weren't, were not singles. They're just on my, the album. They're just my favorites. Those are my favorite, like the deep cuts. Like when you find a song from a band that it's like, oh, this isn't. Like, I loved the first Stained album mm-hmm. before they got the radio play and all that stuff, because the rest of their first album didn't sound like that. You know, like, a lot of that, like, it was it was heavier, you know? Uh-huh. It was interesting, like, Mud Shovel came up and was big, and then, but I'm like, yeah, yeah like, but Home and Just Go are completely different yeah. songs than Very that. different songs. Yeah, and then later it kind of softened up with all the acoustic stuff, but... Yeah. But, um... Their last album, though, they went back to that. Really? I gotta, you yeah, know, it's all the stuff. It's self-titled. It, their most recent album. I don't know what if they're doing. I don't think they're doing much right now, 
but their last album they went back to like the old style. So that oh. might you might want to check. That I'll out. check that out. Yeah. So so my so next boxcar. Yes, the next song I really from them I really like is a song called Cat Like Thief. It's a good name, man. These are a good name. <laughs> has has Tim Armstrong from Rancid uh, sings the, the verses, and he sings uh, and Tom and Tom sings the chorus. It's a type of guitar. It's it's a, it's a type of guitar riff that I incorporate a lot in my own playing, mm. where it's a very you you kind of hit the same the middle on like the middle. Th- I I'm gonna butcher. I'm so you're not hitting the root. You're, the root is changing. Like you're oh, switching the bass. You're switching the bass. Uh, r- yeah, the root. No, yeah. But then you have this one middle. Like I think maybe it's called a middle third, which repeats. So it's like a dun 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 dun, and it just again it it's this really it's sl- driving. It's dri- kind of like- it's a really driving sort of single note riff, over this great drum beat that Travis Barker's. Yeah, playing. Travis Barker, I think is is. Get, should we should mention that he? I think he's fucking great. He's Travis such Parker a is good like one drummer. of the best modern drummers, especially he's in that. So good, he is so good, and he he's broken arms and played one handed. Still yeah, yeah, as yeah. still as good as drummers with two functional hands. Yeah, man, the guy is the guy is Dave Grohl good. Yeah, as a drummer, I don't know what else. He's he's very fucking talented as a drummer. Uh, Dave Grohl's got him on the fact that he can do, you know, everything else, you know? Right. But, uh, I remember Travis Barker after the whole Blink breakup, uh, the first one, I think, there was internet, yeah. there was YouTube videos of him doing, like, drum tracks, o- live drum tracks over rap songs. Mm-hmm. I forgot. Oh, yeah. Like, he did Soldier Boy or something like that, and it was, I was like, wow, this is a good song now, you yeah, know? Like, yeah. Cause he, he's, he's really talented. So I think that, that, nice. that was one of the, my favorite parts of Blink also. Again, that guy, really good, you know? And he's, and, and, Mark Hoppus and, and he was a good bass player and, and uh, yeah and Tom DeLonge was a good guitar player like they took they it seems like they practiced you yeah know? like they, it was intentional that the the sounds were coming out intentionally absolutely know? like there was thought and yes, and yeah. a collaboration between all three of these like r- really talented people I would also say quick sidebar and then I'll yeah I'll, um, Mark Hoppus is one of my favorite lyricists in that yeah, genre yeah. of music as well I think he's a uh, he writes just beautiful words. One of my my one of my other favorite songs on this Boxcar Racer album is actually the song right after Cat Like Thief, uh, Cat Like Thief's track five. The next song, track six, is a song called "And I." Okay. Um, incredibly, incredibly driving punk rocks. Incredibly driving punk rock song has a lot of octaves. Like okay. Back um, when you didn't have guitar solos in punk rock, really, mm-hmm. but you would have someone like mute the middle part of a power chord and just play the octaves and do a lot of like and that would yeah. sort of be a there was some sort of melody some sort of lead lead not a solo but like a lead melody exactly yeah. that and that would be your lead melody and this and uh and i is again one of those really great just cool really driving you got another a lot of chunky yeah chunky power chords and and then real quick and the breakdown the two guitarists, because the other guitarist who went on to play in Angels and Airways, David Kennedy, they're sort of like trading off playing um, the power chords. Right. So if you listen to it in headphones, you hear dun 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 on the left, then dun 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 on like the right. A, yeah, like yeah, a call yeah. and response. Nice. Yeah. That's and like Led Zeppelin. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and and that I listened to. That, I was like, oh, that's cool. I want to do that too. Yeah, yeah. Like love, all of these, all, all these the producer stuff that you you can think about later. Like how, getting the sound out, playing is one thing, and then getting it 
in your head, in your ears is another one, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like, you can just, you can listen to it, and you can see yourself on stage, and just everybody, like... Do you do that? Do you have, I, I always, I picture, I have rock star fantasies every now and again. All the time. I do. All the time. I still... I want to go on The Voice. I know. Because I'm an asshole. I don't want, I just want to do it. I want I to audition. I'm not that talented. Yeah. Before, before, I, before I die, I want to do at least one play in a band for a, a really packed punk rock show and yeah. just and just rock out get sweaty and throw my and jump around the stage I want to do that one more time before I would love to get a comedian band so we've talk, we've had a bunch of comics on the you know there's a comedian band out there it's uh, Bill Burr's in it no I mean like uh, like I want to start a band with like the New York open mic crew of people who play you know because there's drummers and guitarists there's a there's, there's such sh- an yeah. undercurrent of other talents you know there's, com- there's they're comedians I've always wanted to do that yeah it's so fascinating to yeah. me yeah because and and then again, comedians, we would all understand. Yeah, we have other stuff too, but we would want to do. Yeah, I really want to do that. Yeah. If you do that, I want in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll figure it out. We'll put it together. <laughs> Killer. Even if it's just a whole bunch of like, <laughs> like six dudes playing acoustic guitar. <laughs> That's oh, the band. No. <laughs> I'm sure there's drummers though. <laughs> there are. I think I think Alex Fasella. I've heard that he plays drums. I I know there's some people that play drums. I can't remember. I also think. Though. Well, doesn't Mike Gill play drums too? Mike Gill? I don't think so. Really? Does There's he? a drum set at the at the creek. <laughs> There's a drum set at the creek, and yeah, we'll, we'll have open auditions for yeah. drummers. Uh, but yeah, that's that's. I always wanted to do that, but Me uh, we'll just wrap. What's, what's, yeah, what's the last uh, one? Cool. Angels and Airways. Let's see. So I'll give you I'll give you two because one is sort of a two minute song that leads into An a intro, like six minute song? song. Hell yeah! Uh, from their second album, I Empire. Mm-hmm. Uh, which the album artwork, the same guy who did the Star Wars posters, Whoa. did did oh, their artwork yeah. as well. Drew uh, Kazan, I think his name is. I, don't I don't think remember. so. I forgot his name. So the f- the first song is called "Star of Bethlehem," again playing into these somewhat religious overtones in some of his music, and then the second song is called "True Love." So together, you almost have like an eight minute long song between these two, but I find the the melody, the melody building up to when the actual song starts, it's all instrumental. So you maybe have like four minutes of like no singing, right? And then it, it starts with like just a very slow synth, like a dun 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 dun, like a lot of echo, and you just hear like just, off in the distance, like sure. like an ass, like like radio transmissions. And then as the song starts kicking in, you just hear it. He's chant the the vocals are this away 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 oh. And like it's uh, very s- <laughs> sail away, sail away. I wouldn't now be surprised. That you mention, I wouldn't now be that you mention that, yeah. you could abs- I'll play for you after we, yeah, we yeah, wrap sure. up. It, you could definitely say that it's very <laughs> cinem- it's very cinematic. Yeah, sure. I like, like that. Like yeah, I yeah, listen yeah. to like ambient stuff because I love Enya's music actually. No, I was not I, there's a reason I know that song that it came to my mind so quickly because I, I like that shit. The Orinoco flow. That was another like, one. Oh yeah, yeah, hell yeah. You're a big fan of Dido. <laughs> Dido, well, yeah. I mean, that's that's a little different. Dido's got good music too. She's a yeah, good she of that era too. I remember. Yes. Yeah. Um, so it it just I'll I'll listen to that and it just become it's this entirely cinematic ex- experience. Sure. Like, and I'll tell you a funny story uh, if I can tell you a quick funny story to related to this. I was uh, the first time I. Uh, First time I ever got super, I got really high. Yeah. Um, I was over at a comedian's apartment and I took like maybe 
nine really heavy hits uh, off of this vaporizer. Oh, no. And I was like, oh, I'm not feeling anything. And then all of a sudden, my vision turns into, like, an abstract painting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was the all first, the swirls. You get, all you the swirls. swirls. Yeah. All the swirls. And it was the first time I've ever, like, I was walking back to the train with a guy I just met at this party. <laughs> it was the first time I'd ever gone, dude, I can't handle how fucked up I am right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and then, so I eventually got, I get back on the train. I get back on the train. I put my headphones in and I put on, an, on, and I put on Angels and Airwaves. And I think I listened, I felt like I was listening to one song for like an hour. Sure, sure. But then... It, only like the length of the song, like four minutes had passed. But then while oh, I was, time's but, going by so slow. <laughs> but then when I was on the train, daylight savings time hit, so we <laughs> we fell back. <laughs> we fell back in time. Yes. <laughs> while I was experiencing time like a piece of taffy. <laughs> I was That's just gotta be the worst when you're that I high was and it's out like, of what time my, is it? I was out <laughs> of my mind. It's like Wait, it was just two. Now it's one again. Oh no! That's so funny. It was. That's it was good. incredible. It would have been. Imagine if I would have skipped forward. You're like, how long have I been on this train? <laughs> right. I would have been like, oh. I was like, I thought I thought Bedford Avenue to Union Square was so much yeah. shorter. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's good. I like. I do, I do love a good. I I go through soundtrack phases too, where I'll listen uh-huh. to like soundtracks of stuff, and uh, even like either the songs comp- compiled for a movie. Or I'll do a thing now where if I go to a concert, I'll get the set list of the concert and make a playlist of the concert uh-huh. of the songs I have, you know, from the album or whatever. So I can like Absolutely. kind of relive the concert. I did that with uh-huh. Faith No More. I went to go see Faith No More in nice. Madison Square Garden. Yeah, that's one of my favorite bands. And I didn't think it was gonna happen, but I like I I, I didn't I had I bought the ticket. Uh, my brother was supposed to come from out of town and come out. He didn't. So I just went to the concert by myself and I fucking loved it. And then I had, and then now I have a playlist on my phone. Whenever I'm like, ah, let's do some, it's time for Faith No More. I'll put <laughs> mm-hmm. the concert because it's got, it had, they played a ton of my favorite songs on that concert. It was fucking dope. But I do that now. Yeah. And I'll go through like, almost like playlists are my, like new albums that I would listen to from beginning to end. You know, most mm-hmm. people now they just listen to singles or shuffle their iPod or whatever. I like having a, like a selected group of songs together. So when you're talking about like listening to one giant, song for an yeah. album or whatever i like that i like that a lot and I, I, I think i think if you listen to like um like old blink 22 like even the first album felt like an album you know like there was, yeah. it didn't feel like a bunch of smack together singles yeah. exactly yeah. it felt like you could listen to the whole thing yeah so uh we're wrapping up we have to form a band the three of us what do we what do we name it okay i'm 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 pretty good i like to i, I every time i i i a lot of times in conversation, I'm just like, oh, that'd be a great name for like a, a punk, yeah. punk band or, or, or something like something like that. I think we, how, how subversive do you want to be? We're, we're going to be a, uh, cause we could call ourselves hexavalent chromium from like, uh, Aaron Brockovich. <laughs> well, we don't want to, that's, that's a little pretentious for what we want to do. We're comedians. We want to have some fun, right? This is going to be yes. Blink-22, Tom DeLonge style. Origin story. We'll do the. We'll do go back. Let's do so uh, short verbs. Short verbs. I think uh, will to live because we got two wills. Oh, will to I live. Like it. That's, That's what I came good. up with. Uh, what do you got? Walking. I was gonna go some long lines of uh, three six foot men in a two hundred square foot apartment. <laughs> <laughs> the smell of three six foot men in a two hundred square foot apartment. <laughs> 
The, that's the that's the subversive part. That oh, is so subversive. Confined spaces. Confined space. Oh, confined space is not bad. That's pretty good. That's not bad, right? Yeah, yeah that's pretty yeah. good. I think that could work. Oh, oh what? That, that was a... That that was, was, the uh, confined spaces were fighting that was, uh, back. That was yeah. a giant. <laughs> But uh, again, Will Carey, thank you so much for being here. That, this is really good. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. This Mike is really and fun. And, well, and, uh, I appreciate it. This was great. Who'd have thought we could talk about Tom DeLong for an hour? That was great. <laughs> um, the is how can they find you online? Uh, I'm on Twitter at comic Will Carey, and my website is uh, willcareyisfunny.com. And uh, you have a one man show that you were doing, right? Is yes, that still going on. Yes, my I'm doing my one man show. It's called Laughing Through the Sad. Uh, I'm doing it. I'm doing it at the Pitloff June 9th. You can uh, go to uh, their website for tickets or five dollars. Yeah, this will be up. This will be up by tomorrow. Great. Um, so we, yeah, and um, I've heard you tell some of the stories at the dump when, like, the, uh-huh. and it's so funny. The story. Go just for the story of the song you wrote. Alone. Ah, uh, yes. For the song alone, that is one of my favorite <laughs> things that I've ever seen at that show. It's so good. Um, Wilkie, thank you so much. Uh, at William A. Watkins mm-hmm. on everything, and yeah. uh, at Mike Market all on stuff. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna try and put that Spotify playlist. So go ahead and listen to some of these songs that will uh, recommend it. Uh, that Trey, Trey recommended. Trey, Trey. Uh, and um, nothing else. Nah, nah, nah. No, this is great. Thanks. Yeah, thank you for coming. And uh, everybody uh, listening, remember to go out and be heroic. Spirit.